Hi, welcome to On Writing, a podcast about writing communities and the terrible advice they give. And this time, we're going back to the people. Back in action, strikes back, part the second. Uh, I'm Sean, he, him. I'm Chad, he, him. I'm MJ, she, her. And we have gone into the depths of the wild, into the scariest, uh, most horrifying Discord servers off on Discord, everything with writing, writing, uh, literature, fanfic, and Roblox in it. Uh, we've gone on to Reddit, and we have gone and looked at these email news blasts and substacks that will offer you the opportunity of a lifetime to join a writing community of dynamic, powerful, driven individuals who will get you to your writing goals for only $40 a month. Okay. Well, so, that's a cool way to teach young writers how to write. <laughs> <laughs> Into that one. I love that. All right. So, Chad, you've got some secret science behind you, right? Uh, I, I guess that's a word for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you want to open us up, or you want me to start with some of the dark miracles I have found from the First Church of Our Writing? I, I'd like you to start. All right, so today, I my the topic of audit, as of course my prerogative is, was Our Writing itself, uh, top all time, which I think is one of the most interesting buttons that you can press in a uh, subreddit, because first, it'll show you the posts that always get upvoted because they will show up three or four times on top all time. Uh, and secondly, they will give you a glimpse into the psyche as distinct from the day-to-day uh, processing of the subreddit, right? And so when you click on this in our writing, what you'll discover is not words. It's almost all images. It's pictures of words, right? Like <laughs> screenshots of Tumblr posts, pictures of tweets with all the names filed off, like feelings guides with like... When someone's like angry, you should say they're disgruntled, right? Like, <laughs> I it's funny you mentioned the filing of the of the Twitter handles off because mm-hmm. I remember once that I saw in there it didn't make it to the top of all time, but once I saw in there where somebody took a Stephen King tweet and then mm-hmm. started to file it off and then realized it's Stephen King and he doesn't have to file it off, but like didn't remove the initial filing, so his name was just like Dr. Blue King. Smudge. No, it was like blue smudge fed and king. <laughs> Tactical. And uh, so this is the first thing. Uh, all these like picture infographics things are f- singularly useless, right? Like oh, yeah. none I, of you, them will make you a better writer in any yeah, way. You are you are not inching any closer one iota to your goal by having a picture of J.K. Rowling saying, I wrote the first two potters by hand and typed them on a 10-year-old typewriter. All a writer needs is talent and ink. Yeah, and there's so many of these just like motivational posts about yeah. stuff. You just uh, want to be like a mom on Facebook at this point in time. That's all you can reach with these kind I, of posts. You know just like mom on Facebook. Yeah, I'm going to save you guys some time. Go down to Goodwill and get a goddamn hang in there, baby fucking poster and just hang that up in your square. A a napkin holder that says live, laugh, love and cross out uh, laugh and write right over it. And it'll be like really inspirational to you or something, (laughs) right? Like, no. But so I excavated the posts uh, and I took uh, literally 45 posts. I counted before I found one that was an actual craft guide. And the actual craft guide was let the right one in, spelling right, like right, you get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, three years ago, 
Uh, and it was how to write Muslim character, a quick guide by an actual Muslim. And this is the only thing that gives like instruction on how to do something (laughs) involving text, right? Like, uh, like facts about stuff, right? Like, uh, and, uh, I won't go too deep into this guide because I mean, like we, those of us here know enough about Islam that like, we don't need to go over the facts, (laughs) but like, if you don't know these things, you should know these things. And if you don't know any of these things, why are you writing a Muslim character into your book, right? Like, p- bullet point one is Muslim is not the name of our religion. It is Islam, right? Like- <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I'm just picturing these people, right? These people who have actually upvoted uh, frog and toad if I beat my head against the wall hard enough to help me think of a story. Uh, screenshot that's on there. I like to imagine that when they read that part, my religion is not called Muslim, it's called Islam. They all bend in and you see like furious writing in notebooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh, uh, cars should be able to start when it's uh, snowing outside. And they're like, what? It snows places that people drive, right? Like, just total Tesla engineer yeah. energy, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, question about the cars are starting to snow. Yes. How do you live like that? <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. I thought when it snowed, you just didn't go places. Like, you have snow days, so people don't go to school, right? Like that's- and, a, and there's just one dude from New England with a really tight haircut that's all like, how do you deal with the Eskimos? Get the fuck out of here, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> He's always there. He didn't actually die. <laughs> But yes, it's a it's just a fact sheet, right? Like, and uh, it's good information, and like is actual craft information because if you're writing about things, you need a certain number of facts about them. Uh, in that vein, there's a post that uh, snips an interview by Gabriel Garcia Marquez that says, "If you are a journalist, getting one fact wrong puts your whole thing in doubt. If you are a novelist, getting one fact right uh, makes it sells the whole thing." Uh, a novelist. Uh, your exercise in not writing the truth, but you can write anything if you make it believable. Uh, this is a problem because, dear audience, if you don't know who Gabriel Garcia Marquez is, uh, possibly the greatest author of all time, period, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> he is like an ancient god of literature. Like, uh, Nobel Prize in Literature winner wrote a bajillion short stories. Uh, wrote my favorite like piece of literature, One Hundred Years of Solitude, as well as the much more popular and commercial uh, Love in the Time of Cholera. Um, like you know, I've right. I've never watched the movie or read it because I remember when I was like eleven or twelve or something like that. Flipping through HBO going, man, it's so cool that there's like actually a guide that'll tell me what movies are about now. I see mm-hmm. Love in the Time of Cholera. Ew. And I just like moved on because my 11-year-old brain was processing this all wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's not, not uh, what it's about. <laughs> I mean, it's basically the notebook, right? Like, it's the notebook, but like oh, the best. but not by that piece of shit Nicholas Sparks. Right? No, yeah, correct. That's what I'm right. saying, right? It's about a correspondence romance at, like, yeah, over the course I, of people's lives, right? Like, I have to derail this for a second because is it any surprise to you that Nicholas Sparks is such a piece of shit writer and such a piece of shit, like, journalist about literature when his name sounds like it's fan fiction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
He sounds like someone's Harry Potter OC. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Maximal read another book type motherfucker. But I can't fault him that much because people do buy his shit and make movies out of it. Oh, and no, I, absolutely. I, I'm a big advocate that there is a massive market for just absolute shit authors. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes. So any advice and this applies to shit like said by uh, this. There was another post about like uh, Murakami's daily routine and like Murakami for all we joke about him writing characters that tit boobily down the stairs, their breasts leading the way or whatever (laughs) um, is a phenomenal author. Right. Another of these ancient gods of literature that you're like, okay, nothing he does applies to you because he gets up and takes a shit. That's better writing than any of the (laughs) three of us will make. Right. Like (laughs) I compare it in the dance world to like, if you want to take a flexibility class to learn how to do the splits, you want to take it from someone who is not naturally hypermobile because if they can just do the with no training that's not going to help you learn how to do the splits if you're not hypermobile so you want to take it from somebody who was like i was stiff as a motherfucking board and now i'm super bendy and this is how i got here yeah you're like oh a man made of stone just like me mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, and, and that's like off, one right? of the things that i've ranted i can't remember if i ranted about it on the podcast before but like your idols need to be a lot less like the amadeuses of the world the one where like when they were three they found the burning bush and the burning bush was like here's how you're right kid um you you need to find the people that were like when i was 25 and decided not to starve i picked up uh you know uh what the hell is the book about the cat that's all about screenwriting? Uh, save the Cat? Yeah, Save the Cat. When I was 25, I picked up Save the Cat, and oh boy, that got me out of prison, let me tell you. like <laughs> That's the person that you want to be emulating. Yeah, factually true, right? Because like, uh, Mozart and- wasn't on r slash music going, hey guys, can anybody tell me how to fit aliens into my opera? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mozart didn't need an infographic where it's like, oh, this is like this is how you say like a grumpy in eight different ways, right? Like, it's just like sounds kind of shit, doesn't it? How about I like just rip the fucking opening for Magic Flute now, right? Like, <laughs> uh, and that's the kind of thing that you have to keep in mind, especially when you're looking at advice from you know the Stephen Kings of the world, the Neil Gaiman's of the world, and of course the Nobel Prize winning motherfuckers, right? Like the the Murakamis and the Gabriel Garcia Marquez's, right? Because like they're also not writing the same thing as you, right? Gaiman and King might be writing the same thing as you, your like fantasy novel, but like the books that uh, Garcia and uh, Murakami wrote and write respectively are like very different than the thing you're reading, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, if you're reading like Hard Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World, you're like, wow, this is absolutely nothing like my three book fantasy epic, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like if the Academy Award winning Drive My Car was based on a Murakami thing. And if you thought that this is not like a Marvel movie, you were correct, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, this is not to say these things are like better than your thing, because they are. I'm saying that, by the way. They're, they're better than your thing. But they're better than my thing, and they're better than all of our things, because these guys are like unprecedented geniuses, right? Yeah, like, but now I'm picturing somebody reading Melville, not even getting p- past the first page, not even getting past the first line. They go, Call me Ishmael. That son of a bitch told me. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest American novelist, my ass. 
yeah so like <laughs> no exactly right like it's a very different animal right like people do passive voice shit all the time in murakami books right like things happen to things all the time and other people like just watch it happen and they're like that's crazy right huh yeah, cool. <laughs> and they just like saunter off right like and then everyone just like gets up and claps furiously because it was like mind-blowing right it's emotionally <laughs> effective in a way that like stuff very rarely can be right like and this doesn't just mean like lit fic i mean like the average lit fic book like if you throw an angel's ashes or a million little pieces or like any given like kite runner type thing in there and you throw a murakami book in there the murakami book will come out looking like it has just been at the like at the tanning salon just gym laundry tanned right like <laughs> whereas like uh kite runner will be like broken in the thing will never walk again fucking million dollar baby type shit right like <laughs> it's just that strong right like uh yes so uh you want to take one uh, mj or chad like uh to keep it on theme uh we'll we'll gradient through mine to mj uh this because I, I've got a wall up here. Um, pleasantly, it's sitting at a zero, but it's spurred conversation. And that's just as horrifying. Right? <laughs> like, if you're downvoting it, don't engage it. Just let it die. <laughs> uh, is there anything I can change to make the story more wholesome or less creepy or sound better? Uh, so we're going down a weird path with this already. <laughs> Whenever um, someone asks for less creepy, I'm like, delete it into the sea, right? Like, because if you're reading it and you're thinking it sounds like a creep wrote it, right? Like, you are irredeemable, right? Like, yeah. And the okay, I really hate to say this to potentially discourage young authors, but be aware when your story is overwrought, when you are just trying too goddamn hard. Uh, this is about two young girls that are named appropriately. Um, that are probably lesbians and then one dies uh, and they love hanging out at a tree um, and like one of them is named Autumn so there's the significance of like her falling or something like that oh god um, uh, two young girls Autumn and Ava meet at a tree every day after meeting each Autumn other and Ava huh okay yep. cool after realizing they love each other, they go there multiple times a day and just their luck get recorded by a classmate and the video goes viral. Um, now, this gives me concerns about what you're hiding between the lines here about yeah. they go there every day and got recorded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like it's a fundamentally different thing is if they're just like recorded kissing or holding hands versus like they're the classmate recorded a 13 reasons why sex tape from yeah. inside the fucking grassy knoll or whatever yeah. right like, mm -hmm. soon uh, the love tree will become the last place ava will ever be and the last time autumn will ever see ava after ava has been pronounced dead Autumn goes to the tree and gets met with an unexpected visit from Ava. So this shit is all over the place and is pretty 13 reasons why if you read between the fucking lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's 13 reasons to tear Abitha, actually. Mm -hmm. right? like, yeah. uh, like, firstly, it is bad, right? Like, don't yeah. name your characters Autumn and Eva, okay? Like, please, please don't do this terrible thing, right? Like, this is some fucking showgirls, no me Malone type shit, right? <laughs> like, uh, like, just don't, like, if you're, 
story is about like this fall from innocence you don't need their names to be that right like you can just say like oh it's about like adam and eve and stuff but like a new adam well, and eve for new that, generation which is like about. my which is like my favorite fucking thing from like uh uh a lot of video games out there where like my favorite is this is high priest. His name is Benedictus. Oh, is that like a regional name? No, his parents were just all in that he was going to be Pope one day. But this goes smoothly into the next one, which starts out benign, but a bad question, right? Mm-hmm. Can anyone help me find somewhere to publish my story? Well, Thankfully, that was a very generally phrased question, so I can answer, yes, they're called agents. That's an anyone. Um, but the horror is in the details. Mm-hmm. And they explain that they're new here. Does anybody know any good online publishers? I'd love to get my murder story out there and try to have it published. Okay. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, and And this is where things start to break down a little because somebody goes, well, if you're looking to publish professionally and not something like a blog, then I would suggest starting here. Um, and they link this one website. The guy responds, thanks, THX. And the THX noise immediately fucking blasts me. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, ah, no, if you want to write better, don't say THX ever. Right? Um, and then I'm scrolling down some more. How long is it? And is it speculative or no? It's about five pages, maybe a little extra. Okay, that is not oh, no. the question asked here no. at all. No, I mean word count, because that's what magazines measure. And is it speculative fiction or no? Um, Give me like two hours and I'll get back to you. What? That, that's the guy's post. Give me like two hours and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Like this is this man's like an AI or an alien, right? Who's just been confronted with a new conceptual basis and needs to like touch base with his fucking like council of elders to be like, we have discovered new word, speculative fiction. Right, <laughs> and then he, uh, excuse me, all the books that we have have page counts on them, but these people they want word, word counts. Count? We have seen no books where words are numbered, yes? <laughs> and one person stands up and it's like, great leader, I have found a poem with one word each line, and the lines have numbers on them. This means that it is a word count, and everyone is like, oh, no! <laughs> but then another counters, then another counters, there's an argument that breaks out, they reach a consensus, and he comes back and he goes, I do have footnotes, yes. Oh my god! <laughs> No, he didn't actually say that, but that's where I'm going with all this. But then he follows up, yes, well, what is speculative? And the guy gives, like, this earnest answer about what speculative is. I'm going to be honest with you. How can anybody help me get published? And what is speculative are not two questions that should come out on the same observable timeline. No. Again, unless you're like an AI or an alien who's, yeah. like, just like <laughs> trying to comprehend this noble world you beings call Earth, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the, the, last, the, the last one I'll bring up for now before I hand it off to MJ is just one I generally wanted to rant about, and I perused because I knew the answers are going to be worse than the question. What are some of the qualities of bad writing? Mm. One person tries in earnest um, talking about something that is actually very passionate to me, and this is why uh, I, I picked it. Uh, they're talking about imbalance. And this this is not a bad answer. That's 
uh, that's why I'm springboarding off of it. Uh, I apply this rule um, to my writing that I call Newtonian uh, uh, based on like the laws of physics and whatnot, which is similar to imbalance. And I think that all writing should work on Newtonian principles where like the payoff has to be like the equal and opposite reaction to the setup. And like, that's the key core of the balance. So like uh, uh, if it's a character that you've met twice and then the character dies somewhere, you cannot spend 45 pages bemoaning the tragedy of their absence because he doesn't fucking matter, right? Um, mm-hmm. You you can't have, like, uh, this huge vat of dialogue that exposes something if you haven't established... Uh, if you, I guess the best way to put it that I describe is you have to draw back the string and the story and the element and every component of the story will go as far as you pull back the string. And if mm-hmm. that imbalance is there, you fucked up the Newtonian physics, everything falls apart. Be aware mm-hmm. of that balance. But mm-hmm. otherwise, otherwise, bad advice. One, not finishing. Two, not starting. Thank you, fucking genius. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, before Actually, we go, huh? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say exposition dumps that seem to never end. Shut up. You don't even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to point out that like in there's an element of diegesis, right? Because like the thing you're working on, right? And not a preview for anyone. We're not going to give you a single fucking word of this prose until you pay for it. Uh, <laughs> like it includes an expositional soliloquy, right? And it has a diegetic character, right? Because it goes on so long that a character forgets that he's getting talked about, right? And so he doesn't <laughs> notice what the dude giving the soliloquy is winding up to do in like the literal last like minute and a half of the speech. And he's just like, wow, that was a crazy thing you... <laughs> and that's an example of a very long passage of exposition right literally a soliloquy where a guy's just talking about ideas and the world and concepts and theories and laws and god and the spirit and the soul (laughs) and the nature of why we're all here and it's good right like yeah Yeah. so but also but you also have a character whose eyes glaze over and go was that exhibition Exposition done brilliant. Oh shit, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Uh I also have a point on this because I have some things that are like joke things that are written mm-hmm. intentionally badly, right? And oh, writing yeah. intentionally badly is its own art form, right? Because bad writing, like authentically bad writing, is not fun, right? It's just a bunch of like words kind of strung together in a boring way and it makes you fall asleep, right? Like Or it makes you like you're like, what the fuck was the sentence? Is this a sentence? What is the subject? I am so confused. Now that's not a fun yeah. experience. So, like, truly bad writing, like good bad writing, has to have lots of things, right? It has to have pacing that makes no sense, where you're moving at, like, just completely arbitrary speeds, right? Like, total, like, oh, I've driven stick before. Yeah, well, show me. Okay, hang on. What's this third pedal by the brake, right? Like, right? Like, where you're just, like, lurching forward and stopping, right? Like, but that's also, like, a roller coaster aesthetic, right? That you're, like, it's not a smooth roller coaster. It's one that's, like, has you, like, roll forward and then just, like, drop vertically and then stop and then bounce up 30 feet and then fall 20 feet, right? Like, it's not oh. a narratively compelling experience, but just being on the ride is yeah. kind of fun, right? Yes. 
And then I completely forgot until like this last second that I had buried one all the way on the other side of my browser here because this was the creme de la creme. This is the one I wanted to tie it all together, including with the Newtonian physics and a slight elaboration before handing off to MJ. This is this is it. This is what Sean has crawled through the waste of writing communities to see. <laughs> a pregnant heroine who acts motherly but still has character traits that don't revolve around motherhood, children, or protecting people. <sighs> okay. And this shit goes on. This is like this is not a question. This is like a thesis defense. A manifesto. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it has more rape than you'd be comfortable with. Oh no! Please. <laughs> but this is the best part. He didn't realize it. Right? What? Until somebody went, that's rape, dude. What? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean it's rape? Right? Like, uh, I'll, uh, let's see. All this- of these, all of these people are like talking about their brain rot. And this person goes, finally interrupts it. Uh, two things, two things. Uh, one, is that rape allegory intentional? Mm-hmm. To which the person goes, Oh shit! It, it, it wasn't intentional. Uh, I'm gonna have to work around that. Sorry. Uh, oh, and, then given, uh, and then they're given an amazing resource to like parse what's rape and what isn't. That was kind of weird, but it, it, it's it's something like yeah, she is only pregnant because my main villain, who is an evil wizard, pulled a Palpatine and magically placed an embryo into her womb because he wanted her to be the one that gives birth to the reincarnation of the God of Darkness. Now, this oh, tells you everything about oh, this yeah. person's fucking... Like, that's his, that's his deal, right? Like... Uh, yeah, and, she, he, and, and this is just like, that's rapey? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, <laughs> consent, <laughs> consent, my friend. Like This if- person might not have been jerking it while writing this, but they've <laughs> definitely thought about this concept while doing other stuff, let's say, right? Like, <laughs> I, good God. I... Some more of her non-maternal character traits are as follows. She's an expert craftswoman who can create complex talismans from scratch using crushed berries, a bird feather, and a piece of toilet paper. She really loves her poetry, so she writes poetry during her free time. She's a bit of a troll. She lightly teases her husband and other people in her life. Uh, She also likes to flex on people. Her favorite thing to do is to be talking to somebody, then draw her sword out and casually slice an apple in midair while maintaining eye contact and and acting as if she hadn't done just that. Uh, It was stupid when D'Artagnan did it on the horse. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid when you're a pregnant femme warrior hero. It's really hard for someone to be more of a Mary Sue than like D'Artagnan. But like, (laughs) this is just like... Yeah, and he's sitting there. It, it turns it it devolves into like this argument of like of like, well, like I know you said you're trying to subvert tropes, but you're falling into more tropes, and you made her a pregnant woman, and like she kind of needs to be a caregiver at that point because that's kind of what pregnancy is, and maybe she's not going to be the greatest Jedi ever for those nine months and possibly during her maternity leave. Um, and this guy's like fucking swinging back like. Oh, you know, no, I, I'm just so sick of these tropes where like women are like dehumanized and shit like that. And, and all they can be is these caregivers. And it's like, yeah, but you had her Palpatine secret rape pregnated, right? God forbid you let her choose to not have children. Like as someone who is not maternal, and I could love to give you like all the examples of the ways that I am not maternal and never will be. 
Um, but no, the, the first and foremost is like, no, I don't want to have kids or I had an abortion or I take birth control pills or I just, you know, can't. Yeah, but he wants to balance these because she's a warrior, but she's also pregnant. People, you don't see that in fiction very often. And here's <laughs> the big spoiler. It's because it's fucking stupid, right? I, I swore to myself I wasn't going to bring up Ari Howard this episode, but here we fucking are. <laughs> He's the only one that did it right, and it's because his mother went to go kill some other barbarians and went, ah, shit, giving birth to Conan, right? And he gave birth to Conan and then went back to killing Picts. And Crom himself, the god of the Sumerians, went, that was fucking metal, right? And and we've established that you're also not Ari Howard, so don't do that, right? But where the Newtonian thing comes in is that you uh, – I've also talked about, like, uh, baguettes sticking out of uh, paper bags is an important theatrical tool to demonstrate right away that somebody has been shopping, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because narratives are delivered in a narrative shorthand, right? So because you're working with condensed space and you – Things don't happen by chance in your story. You pick everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you decided that she was pregnant, she wasn't like on a journey and went, oops, I accidentally fell on some semen and now I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be aware of what something is communicating. A pregnant woman in a story is a very dominant force in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't mean that like she's a scene stealer. This requires an inordinate amount of narrative and like literary attention to that fact in one capacity or another uh, because it weighs so heavily on what she's going to do because of audience expectations, because of natural limitations, because of how far you can suspend your disbelief because pregnant woman is not slicing apples in the air mid-conversation to flex. Uh and so, like, be aware, you're not, like, helping the patriarchy by a, by going, man, if I make this character pregnant, her storyline is now kind of dominated by this for a while. Be aware of that and lean into that and accept that if all you have is, like, blue and green, you're not squeezing pink out of it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many, like, shows have been ruined for me by someone getting pregnant that I'm just like, I have to check out now. Like, I'm so over. I think Winona Earp was one of them. I'm, I'm, I can't remember the exact name of one show I was, like, super into, and then she got pregnant. And then everything was about the pregnancy. And it's like, we have so many of these stories. Like, this is so, so cliche. Even a, even the, the badass, like, warrior, like, goddess stories that perpetuate all of the, like, witchy writing communities that I have, you know, wandered into somehow. <laughs> Just by pure coincidence or something. Um, yeah, no, the, the mom narrative needs to die generally. And just just for diversity's sake in literature, can we have well, non-moms that are women who are cool? It's as Chaz says, right? It's like narrative uranium, right? Like <laughs> the story is now about that thing, right? Like because yeah. it combines like everything like together, right? We talked about how like zombies <laughs> and vampires cross everything about like life, death, sex, and blood, right? Like, well, guess what? Pregnancy does that too, right? Like, yeah. and so you need to just be like, okay, this is what the story is happening now, right? Like, it's like the the Jackie Chan fight scene where he's like holding a baby, right? Like, <laughs> you don't want any trouble. 
you can't be like, well, I don't really want to bind Jackie Chan to like a parental role. Then take the fucking baby out of his hand. Yeah, he shouldn't have a fucking baby. <laughs> no, you've chosen to make it a fight scene about a baby, right? Like, where he's like not fighting for like 90% of it because he's like juggling the baby so it doesn't get hurt, right? Like, And the reason this works is because our brains are programmed such that like uh, – it stakes immediately, right? Because you understand it's a thing that's like delicate, right? Like, or the baby's on you and hard boiled. Like, it takes it steals the scene. That's how it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I I'm really surprised you're enjoying Six Feet Under so much with what you said about pregnant women. <laughs> well, it's, the show doesn't like those pregnant women very much either. Right? Yeah, like, having <laughs> someone into a marriage with the baby and pregnancy kind of frowned on narratively. I feel like. It's very much like, ugh, <laughs> and she's pregnant. God, Jesus. Um, like, <laughs> oh, with the, if it's yellow, let it mellow sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just go make uh, out with Catherine Zeta-Jones and the haunting. That was so much better for her instead of that being, being said, the monogal. I would go so far as to say, I'm going to hand this off to you as soon as I make this comment. I would go so far as to say that that was like a limit of biology because she didn't get pregnant. Nate got pregnant. yeah uh according to nate's like flashbacks he is just like the most fertile person anyone has ever been since the great con right (laughs) (laughs) where it's like jesus nate right like he's got like a fucking octopus arms of vacuums to deal with all of these little bastards yeah (laughs) anyway and now i will hand it off to mj Word. Um, so I've been in a kind of different part of the internet, meaning my email inbox. I'm subscribed to this. I got this email blast because I'm subscribed to someone who is much more famous, has a much more successful podcast than us. And I actually really like her in a lot of ways. I admire her. Um, former stripper, former professor, like now podcaster, has a novel, like just all around successful, amazing. And I was interested in signing up for her old um, online community, which was based around dancing and parties and like you know, hoeing it up. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm into that. Please teach me how to twerk better. I'm all about it. Um, Because I'm into, I will take twerk classes. That's my jam. And she has decided to rebrand, start over, do a new community that's based on helping people realize their dreams. And one of the the templated emails that I got was specifically focused on writing a book. She's written a book and published it and it's done very well. And also writes her podcast, which has already won an award and stuff. So like, the, the template about how the community would help you write a book was one of the most terrible things. And especially coming from a former English professor, like frightened me to no end because it was all focused on writing, I think, 1500 words a week or some ridiculously low amount like that. And like as a professional writer, I probably write that in a day, <laughs> if, if not more, depending on when my deadline is. Um, and it was never focused on revision never focused on workshop, never focused on, it was just about a NaNoWriteMo, but for pay, for a monthly... A sub- slow NaNoWriteMo. Exactly. Right. You're not even going to hit NaNoWriteMo like numbers by that point in time. And it was, and I understand wanting to be part of a community. And I, again, understand, and I love dance. I love strippers. Shout out to all of the amazing, fantastic, wonderful, like strippers of the world, your goddesses, and you deserve all the money. Um, uh, but. not the not the one in San Diego that made me feel a kinship with uh, with Forrest Gump when she's all like, "You want to dance?" and I'm like, "You smell like cigarettes." <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe maybe you gotta put the perfume I, on first. <laughs> if they specialize in Marines, there's it's a different ecosystem. <laughs> 
but again, I would take, you know, twerk classes from this woman, but she was integrating it into this all-encompassing, whether you wanted to grow a garden or write a novel, this system would work for you that she is proposing. And I, I know lots of writers that are very good and successful and talented, and they cannot dance to save their fucking life. And taking a goddamn stripping class is not going to help you become a better writer. I'm sorry. I wish I it would. I have off of writing. I haven't shaken my ass once. I don't need your twerking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I personally feel like it helps me as a human, which helps me as a writer, but there's other movement practices. There are other ways to walk around the block or, like, run if you're into that sort of thing. I hate running. Murakami loves running. You know, like... It's, it, it can be any, or you cannot, you know, like there are people like brilliant Stephen Hawking, who I don't think was doing much running, but was definitely doing a lot of really good writing, you know? I, are we sure he wasn't twerking? <laughs> I had I, computer twerk. Oh, uh, I've picked up the unfortunate Aaron Sorkin fucking, I hate that there's now something Aaron Sorkin and I have in common. Oh, no. Uh, Whenever I need to like move around and get active, I go and I take a shower and then I come back refreshed and it helps me write again. And I found out Aaron Sorkin did it. And I'm like, that's it, boys. We smell now. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually legitimately good writing advice, though. When I get stumped on writing, one of the things that has broken me through on a number of occasions is just like, I will get good ideas in the shower. Like it just happens. It's a really great writing, brainstorming space for a lot of people. Um, but again, like I, and this is, I understand paying for a community and I understand paying for dance classes. I understand paying for all of these other subsidiary services, but like she was also even hiring in other famous pole dancers. So I've actually taken classes with and are wonderful teachers. And I was like blessed that like they showed up one day to sub and I didn't even know they were going to be there. And I'm like, hell yeah. Um, it's, 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 these are wonderful services in and of themselves, but to package it as this is a program that will help you write, you need to revise as you go. You can't just like produce, produce, produce. You And like people will write zillions of words and never get better if you don't have other people looking at it, if you don't know how or when to revise, you don't know where you're going, you don't have direction. There are so many other steps in there than just write a lot and shake your ass. Like, Well, but it wasn't even write a lot. That's the most yeah, the fifteen hundred right? words a week thing is yeah, like yeah, not even write a lot. Exactly. You're gonna have a novel done like in two years. Congratulations, right? I like, also, I God, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but the mental images are just fucking killing me because I'm picturing somebody standing like Hemingway at their writing desk, but they have writer's block, but they're also twerking behind them, and they're like, I don't feel inspired at all. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, believe it or not, the the writing thing is actually the easiest goal that they proposed, right? It was like, you want to be able to to write a novel, do a full split, open your own salon, take like a European world tour or whatever, right? Like, it's like, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on. Well, One of yeah, the I'll, <laughs> I'll be totally honest. I'll be totally honest. Like, when you describe it like that, this is feeling way less like how to write a novel or twerk and a lot more like the plan. Yeah, yes. It's, it's, <laughs> like, this will like let you speak fiercely from the eye, right? <laughs> and it's very much that. It's a very much like catered toward the audience of repressed women who need to like get in touch with their like inner beast sexuality, et cetera, et cetera, primal nonsense that like, yeah, sure. If you need that, that's like rad and do that. But this is not something that's necessarily going to get you any of these other goals that you're proposing. Like it's an, it's a thing in and of itself. And I think it's devaluing getting in touch with like being able to twerk or move your like pelvic floor in a way that's helpful for like female orgasm. That's a rad thing to teach. Like fucking hate that. But like 
that's not going to make you be a better writer. I mean, orgasms might make you a better writer, but they might not. It's not like really a codependent situation. There's not necessarily causality directly there. They definitely didn't make that person writing the pregnancy thing a better writer. <laughs> uh, no, but like consider the the my biggest deal, right? Because here's where I'm like, I don't actually care about all oh, this other shit. Learn to work, learn to write. I don't care. And then it's like open a salon. Hang on, that costs thirty thousand dollars in cash. Right? <laughs> like, like I don't care. Like these things are fundamentally different because it is not about like just getting the willpower to do things. Right? Things are hard. Right? Writing a novel is among one of the more easy goals, right? Because if you're not interested in publishing the novel, writing a novel, trivial, right? Like just sit down every day and write a little bit, right? Like I did it when I was a teen. People do it all the time, you know? Exactly, right? Like it, it can get done, right? Writing a good novel that will get published and then publishing it, very, very hard, right? Like for a lot of reasons. And she's promoting it as a successful person that can help other people reach success. And you need to be more specified. Like if you want to one-on-one coach someone with their writing, have them pay an appropriate fee and do that. Like you have the skill set as a professor, as a published author, as a well-selling author, as a podcast writer, you know, like you have the chops to say like, you can rent my time to look at your work and help you like become a better writer and get in touch with my agent or whatever, you know? Yeah. There's also organizational skills that have some overlap that are like really burying the lead until you get to the end. Cause it's all like, we're going to help you be a better writer and do all of these other things. We're going to help you with organizational skills. Okay. Analysis. Okay. Uh, structuring. Okay. Inspiration. All right. Good credit. Wait, what? Flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> What was the last thing you said? Flexibility. No, the one before that. Inspiration. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're like really bouncing around this good credit thing. Yeah, like this $35. I don't think the $35 a month can do all of this things, right? Like you need to narrow that scope all the way down, right? And, uh, and I do want to this- reiterate because like we do have a tiny, tiny baby podcast compared to her wild success. And I would love oh, no. to take like some of her classes, like her straight up just dance classes or whatever, because she's rad. And, I, and I'm going to probably buy her book and read it. You know, I'll I'll streak through her class, fucking screaming. We can also help you writing on on writing. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Stop chasing me! <laughs> yeah, like is that not it? Right? Like Rich workers have so much stamina. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly uh, powerful hamstrings, right? Just <laughs> and I and I now have like a standing desk set up where I can do like what I envision in my mind of like the scene of the hacker and sinners by Pat Cadigan, which is one of the few cyberpunk novels written by a woman is like there's this hacker who like dances to this like you know house music while they're hacking in this like peak of the novel and that's what i kind of feel like when i get like the vibe of writing when i'm at my standing desk but like again like sometimes i'm like twerking not working like i'm not getting this done so i gotta go take a shower i'm gonna read this but i'm gonna warn you right now that the song that i'm picturing in my head sean probably knows what it is it probably ain't the one you were picturing in your head and it definitely wasn't the one the author was picturing in her head Mm. Does Mine it remind most- them of a uh, Shogo? I <laughs> my father. <laughs> right. Otherwise, no, it reminds me a lot of Gilles de Ray and a bunch of and a bunch of lasers. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, uh so uh but MJ, that's not the only community you checked out this week, right? Did I check out another community? Well, you were in one, and now you aren't in one. Oh, anymore. oh okay. So this is, this is not necessarily writing. I have a writing contest with me. Um, oh, and I, I have, love those. 
<laughs> and I and I didn't want to enter honestly because it's a primarily dance community, and I didn't want to just like be shitty to all like the young dancers out there with my like obviously Unlike me. I come in, I go full fucking Jim Carrey from the basketball scene in Cable Guy, right? They're like. <laughs> They're like, hey, this is a small community about making matchbox cars, but we're going to have a fiction writing contest. I'm like, oh, prison rules, huh? Right? <laughs> fucking dunk. <laughs> but they had given, offered money instead of like a special status on your Discord. I would have possibly considered it, but they weren't even offering money for their thing. Oh, I'll walk in with that special status and be like, greetings, plebs. You may now be seated. <laughs> uh, but that's I'm like... Here's why that wouldn't work, because you would not last very long in this server, Chad. Oh, yeah. I absolutely wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't. I will never live my dreams of sitting there like King Charles in full regalia, announcing Parliament dissolved. Yeah. <laughs> the serious thing is that this wasn't a statement about you. This was a statement about the server. Ain't nobody last very long in this fucking server. It, it was, and, and I had sent you a screenshot in our in our little group chat earlier about this server, where the, one of the main mods would. Go go through people who weren't even posting regularly like just someone just the list i assume of members and look through their profile pictures their about me and their statuses which no one is reading on discord by the way i don't know anybody that like clicks through and looks at people's about me and statuses on like the reg uh, i don't ever i've not even up like put any and in, any information in those like fields in mine ever like not once <laughs> okay i'll raise a hand i'm the one that does but it depends on the intensity of our argument Right, like the less like you, the more I'm like I know there's some shit in this guy's bio I can throw at him. So it this was son a of a bitch, like Batman Returns, what a loser! <laughs> the hilarious thing is, like you would use it in a dialogue situation to perpetuate like a moment of like ridiculousness and to point out like what's happening in this like conversation to have a conversation. But this server mod would point out somebody's status and say, "Change it, or you're going to be banned." And this kept going on and on, and so like near, like, and I kept watching for Jane Goodall purposes. And they also wanted to grow the server supposedly, and we're like, we want to do server partnerships. So we want you to bump the server. We want you to invite people. And then the next like message from that same mod that'd be like, bump our server, and then be like, so and so, change your status, or we're banning you, and would continually ban people. And so ever since they started to like talk about growing the server, the server is only shrunk. Yeah, and a lot of it was also like your your profile pic is offensive to me. Change it, uh, and like all kinds of other shit, right? Like that was a joke about Stalin and this person. Yeah, she was like, "How dare you? Stalin killed millions of people. I can't believe you would post this." And it's like I don't even remember what the status was, but it wasn't even like it was like uh, heart heart Stalin or something like heart. Yeah, it wasn't even like fucking a non-ironic thing, right? It was an entirely <laughs> pose law type thing, right? Like, like winky face Stalin or something. It was yeah. just ridiculousness. And it was, it, again, like this micromanaging of like, because these weren't people that were posting. And then when she would sometimes call people out, they'd be like, okay, I'll just leave because I don't ever post here. So see ya. And then the, the, the and she also posted the number of members right above all the channels on the sidebar of the server. So you could just see the number drop every day like spin down like the opposite of the big America debt billboard, right? <laughs> right? Just, <laughs> right? Like, 
And there's nobody posting in that server anymore, right? Because the whole wall of general is just like, bump the server. Please talk to me about your status. Delete it or get banned. Please bump the server. Please, we need to grow for what the goals that this server has, right? Like, right. Yeah, until, and- like until their synapses are firing in the wrong fucking directions and they're panic and they're like, promote the server or get banned. Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> yes, right? yes. That's what I was coming to. And I had, I had for like a while stuck in there and just looked at like, the poll channel or the other dances channel where I was actually like talking to people, like especially like a newbie who had just started poll. And I was like, no, it hurts. No, it's going to suck for like a hot minute. Like if you stick with it, it'll get better. But no, it's going to take like a while to get the upper body strength, get you some pre-workout. It's fine. Um, and like, here's some poll clothes, like, or don't die on a, like a home poll that you buy from Amazon. But like, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> buy one that's on Alibaba, please God. Right. <laughs> gonna die. I've seen too many videos of that, but like, and eventually I got to the point where every time I would check general, it was literally just banning people or asking them to bump the server, usually side by side or up, like next to each other. And I, I had to leave. I'm like, this is cognitive dissonance. And I love the example. And I took a screenshot and I'm like, I have to go. I'm loving this thought of somebody saying like, you got to focus on your strength. And this mod just gets like fucking laser eyes and goes, strength is a synonym for power. <laughs> and he who votes does not have power and he who counts the votes has power you're out tanky <laughs> really getting yeah. to that oh my god no yeah literally that was the the deal right like that- like one of the profile pictures that, that got banned was like a neck and the end of a chin and maybe the tiniest whisper the tiniest whisper of cleavage like the very top of the cleavage like barely the cleavage you know and then they were like this I is a lot some- Bad fucking news for you guys if you think you're going to emancipate cleavage from dancing. <laughs> well, the other thing, like, there's a poll thread in this server, right? And they're like, like, a tank top is too much. It's like, and this wasn't like a, you know, like crazy internet shit, no, right? But, like, dude, it's fucking pole dancing. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> dancing, like, this, yeah, like, did you think fair. this was pole dancing for your church group? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, they, the most active channel on that server was the ballet channel of course like this is the thing about dancers if you don't know you know now i will tell you everybody ends up taking ballet at some point in time if you dance for many many years because it's so foundational and it is so fucked up i can go into great detail but i won't about how like the ballet industry is fucking wretched but these little girls like especially these teenage girls are ruining their bodies with point shoes and going through these threads about so i i did point i'm one of those girls i have the point shoes still like my last pair of them i kept them once i stopped doing point and i will not do point again um but no and it was really terrifying to see the girls just like freaking out about ballet and even the boys too there was like a really weird contingent of like people who wanted to validate their gender identity through dance rather than caring about dance itself I have some bad news for you, buckaroos in the ballet Discord channel. My lacuna's finger blasts and Natalie Portman in Black Swan. That was about ballet. This is now erotic. You're all banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, yes, because like every ballet is like a little bit horny, right? Like it's a profoundly horny, profoundly sexual media, right? Like and, and inherently, this is where the problem comes from: is directors and male ballerino dancers have sexually abused women, less even like children like uh, in dance studios this is endemic this is the real problem and like a bunch of like i I would you know rep illuminati's video on this just because there's so few out there not my favorite youtube channel but yeah go go check out her like expose on the ballet industry being terrible sexual predators trigger warnings all the trigger warnings for that but yeah i'm not down with the nkvd or commissars except in like any place that teaches children 
Yeah. <laughs> some dude back there with a Makarov that occasionally looks up from his book and eyes the teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is – you might be wondering how this whole saga was applicable to writing servers. But then I would recommend you go look at all these writing servers and then see how many have no profanity. There are children here. It's okay if you have that content in your story though, right? And be like, hey, wait a second. This is a lot like that last episode they did with the Marion Zimmer Bradley stuff, right? Like, <laughs> that a lot of the places that are saying think of the children and then allowing different kinds of structurally problematic stuff are you know, an issue. And this is endemic well, to writing servers. We've just never found a crisp enough example of this other than people just getting banned for profanity yeah well there's like two intersect there's two parallel problems not intersecting at all two parallel problems that are running when it comes like these moderation of these writing servers Mm -hmm. um the 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 latter of which we'll go into a little more in a moment but that's that's like people who kind of want this to be a friendly minecraft server i'm not even Mm -hmm. going with the christian minecraft server meme just all like guys don't say things that make each other feel bad oh fuck off um, but the other one is that like, they do that. They're like, well, guys think of the children, but they're like, just completely br- blind to the incredible, incredibly predatory shit going on there. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, don't swear. You might offend the children. Don't, don't talk about politics. Don't, don't, don't talk about any of these things. So these people who talk about protecting the children are completely oblivious to the only slightly nuanced predatory behavior that goes on in these places. And by predatory nuanced behavior, I mean a guy who comes in and posts in like the intro uh, thread slash channel and says all like, oh, I live in I live in Burbank and I'm 37 years old and I've always been passionate about writing. And he's got like baby shark is his avatar or some mm-hmm. other deeply approachable child-friendly mascot and he like explicitly writes about like tormented and forbidden love and only mm-hmm. talks to people who are 16 going would you like to beta read this right like, yeah and it's like oh you're so good and you're very mature for your age right yeah like, yeah, like just- shit that i groomed harder than fucking space ghost tried to groom me don't sue me cartoon network <laughs> uh and yeah and- it's fucking poisonous right yeah and that leads into this entire cascade of other moderating bizarre moderating behavior where like like you get people who who get very aggressive about wanting content warnings on like the most mundane things right like oh this person referenced that they were worried once in the pros about a car accident and that's why they put their seatbelt on and that triggers my anxiety. Can you please put a content warning on it? It's like, okay, I didn't think it needed one, but I'll put that on there. And then they, they have like these stupid fucking uh, question of the day things where you role play as a character from your novel to answer the server question about what are your characters doing? And they just slam down this fucking hyper detailed art of somebody cutting their wrists going, this was the worst day of my life. Holy shit, dude. Put yeah, that behind yeah. like a spoiler tag or something. They're like, no, they're just being creatively expressive. No, like there's an inconsistency afoot here, I think. Yeah, the, the rape narrative, the rape backstories and all these kids in the writing servers that like demand the content warnings. But you're like, dude, rape backstory, like the pregnancy thing. This is, you gotta consent. Like this is a big consent thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then at, on the more benign, but you will run into it slightly more often thing, is these moderators that just want so badly to have a server of friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't join your writing server, 
to make a whole bunch of friends and form bonds that will last forever. I came here to improve the craft and help others improve their craft, right? Mm -hmm. And that means that if you wrote uh, this pregnant woman apple apple slicing story, I'm going to say this is a bad story. You cannot work this story. We're going to start by taking out the apple slicing, but buckle up. We got a lot more work ahead of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of that, there's another server that they're talking about restarting the writing server's Minecraft server. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Which I think is, I mean, there's a lot of things that are not writing that are kind of writing. Playing Minecraft is absolutely not writing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. Unless you go in there and like make... Uh, what the hell are those little phallic-shaped explos- explosive dudes called? Creepers? Yeah, unless you literally go in there and make like a chariot drawn by creepers as you violently enslave everybody else so that you can get like the perspective of what a Spartacus revolt is going to be like, then you're not <laughs> helping your fucking writing at all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, speaking of helping your writing, I've got a few more things in this here uh, subreddit. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Uh, this is some interesting stuff because I found a very, the best post that I've ever found on our writing, uh, Uh-oh. uh, by the absolutely great, uh, Aurora Tudor, uh, and, uh, also known as Kathy Benjamin, who is a published author who is phenomenal and great. Uh, she doesn't tweet all, she tweets a lot. She does not go on Reddit all that much. She's written some stuff that you might find interesting, some stuff about, uh, embalming and the funerary industry specifically. So if you've been interested in our six feet under discussion, you can go read her stuff. <laughs> uh, free plug, Kathy Benjamin, you get it. Uh, <laughs> and her post, the greatest post in the history of, uh, our writing is an incomplete list of places that will pay beginners and everyone else to write fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. And it's the whole thing. It's like, here's all these lists. Here's what the different words mean. Here's what fur pay means. Here's what no fee means. Here's what all the links are. I've compiled them. And my favorite line in this is paragraph four. My first attempt at posting this was apparently removed, and it won't let me send it in PMs to people. I assume this is because all the links look like spam, but I spent hours putting it together. So here is it on my Twitter. And she posts her Twitter with spaces in between everything, right? Like, uh, just like, God, someone actually did the writerly work, the hard business of putting together all the the journals and contests and stuff. And uh, they took it down. (laughs) Oh, this is so frustrating because like I subscribe to these. Like I love these like... Just like just groups of collected links to the paying places, to the non-fee paying places. Specifically, like this is good, good work, and I. This is why I'm on Facebook because Facebook didn't delete them. Already did. I'm gonna fucking beat this joke into the ground, but it's here, and our writing is a joke. So the mods are sitting there laughing like the fucking Sicilian from the Princess Bride, going, "You fool! You've fallen for the you've fallen for the oldest trick in the book," or. Second oldest, I suppose, to quote the Sicilian. But the point uh-huh. is they're cackling baldness as they go, you told us where to go instead of showing us where to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, perfect. Right? Like, it's it's just also that post is three years old, um, which 
it's still on top of all time and it displays that there's a kind of timeliness to writing about writing that like things can go bad eventually but it's in terms of weeks and months not in terms of years and yet reddit preserves things for years right like uh, but moderates as if it's a minute to minute sensitive thing rather than a month to month sensitive thing so yeah, yeah this is not like an emerging story live update thread like after the fucking boston bomber right like mm-hmm. this this stupid fucking question why does everybody hate the semicolon is going to be here for the next three weeks yeah it's absolutely going to be because a lot of people sort by top this week and <laughs> it's going to be there for all this fucking week also uh, i'll answer why i hate the semicolon it's really simple uh it's because are you a colon or are you a comma? Pick a side. I hate indecisive people. If we pick a side, <laughs> we're at war. Well, this is, this is key because as a bisexual, I cannot make choices. So I do love the semicolon. It's a, it's, <laughs> and I have a semicolon tattoo to back it up. That's also part of the semicolon project, right? Which is yeah. the whole thing that oh. like, we do not have time for. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting into that backstory of MJ. <laughs> No, um, but we are going to get into the backstory of how you're not going to hit a million words. I'm just going to throw that out right now. Oh, yeah, yes. for sure. Uh, so just quickly going in on the thing, a lot of people say like, okay, I'm going to have this many chapters, right? This many chapters per character with this POV for a total of uh, 20 books. And you're like, you aren't. Mm-hmm. Actually, you aren't. Sit down. Stop, right? Like, yep. uh, what was that post you saw that's like, it's going to, I'm, each chapter is going to be so many words for a total of 1 million words? Oh, yeah. It was in some brand new person's thing where they're like, check it out, guys. This is my plan. Uh, it's going to be a spanning series. Here's my first four chapters. Um, it's going to be in a far future city of who gives a shit. Um, and if you like that, you can find five more chapters you won't care about here. Each chapter is going to be four to 5,000 words long. I plan on the end product being one million words. Have fun. And if, I think it's the have fun that drives me the most up the wall. Like he's issuing a challenge and it's like, I ain't reading your fucking four <laughs> to 20,000 words. It's like, it'll be a million one day, I promise. No, it uh, fucking ain't. Uh, oh. uh, I now realize who said that. And that makes me sad because the their writing isn't bad, but they're never going to hit a million words, right? Like, yeah. right, so uh, you have to save them from their own brain rot. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointing. Remember, remember, you look at a song of ice and fire, and you go, "Man, that's what I want to do." That man has written a million words. Um, it's not finished, and because it's a million words, is part of why. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's like if you're if you're fucking good at word count, you can keep up five thousand words a day on the same thing for a very long time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm gonna bat aside this idea of like, well, you know, that old author once only wrote 127 words per day, and and look how successful he was. Okay, again with the Amadeus thing, you're not him. Mm-hmm. You, I don't want to hear you seriously. I don't want to hear you saying I'm seriously working on my novel and producing less than three thousand words per day. Period. Mm-hmm. His novels are long, like, and that's the thing, like, why people want to start with not not just one, but fucking billions when you haven't even published a short story. Get your ass on a fucking flash fiction first. Like, start with the baby steps and then work your way up. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah, and that's the kind of the thing, right? Like, the, this kid's writing good stuff, right? And if they just fucking bring the airplane in for a landing at, like, I don't know, 120,000 words, they're going to be yeah. good to go, right? Like... 
Well, and it's funny because there's nothing inherently ignoble about a single novel that's not connected to an entire ecosystem and mass marketing campaign of toys and plushies and Funko Pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a serious author of serious fiction and genre fiction and speculative fiction on a series of disconnected, independently told stories that... Fuck, maybe you connect later, or maybe you use that as a springboard to connect something when somebody ends up cutting you like a really big check. But here's something you probably don't know uh, when you see The Song of Ice and Fire is over a million words. That was never supposed to be more than one to three books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was never the plan. That's not what he told his editors, and we're finding out that he tells his editors lots of things. Yeah, he just says things. But there's actually a copy that you can read of his original pitch about about the original story he was going to tell. And in retrospect, some of it is kind of horrifying because because we have a, a an informed idea of who these characters are, but they don't match what his original idea were. So when you hear things all like, and then Arya is going to marry the dwarf evil ugly Mantirian, and you're like, what the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. But but it was. A very quick, I'm going to get this in one, possibly three novels. I'm going to kill Ned in the beginning. Everybody's going to cry. Arya's going to marry Tyrion. We're going to find out who Jon Snow is. This is how it ends. Done. Snippity snap. Right? And it wasn't until his editors started, like, and his publishers, like, turned on the valve and started flooding him with infinite money that he's all like, and then this dude named Darkstar quotes Batman and a lady loses an ear. it's a counter this to think about like the non-connected but really amazing novels and maybe going back and writing more my favorite example right now is alice hoffman she wrote practical magic kind of as a standalone back in the day and you all know sandra bullock the movie nicole kidman she got a lot of money got a movie contract she's written a lot of other books about other characters and other worlds and then many years later she came back and she wrote the prequel the story of the aunts dr channing you know um, and that's one of my favorite books. The, the Rules of Magic is an incredible book, but it doesn't, it does connect to practical magic. And then later on, she wrote another book in the series of the women in that line that is featured in the movie, but they're so disconnected from one another in terms of time, in terms of planning, in terms of her publisher schedule of the release of her other books. Yeah. And this is also a thing that, like, mentioned Murakami earlier. Murakami doesn't write a sequel ever, right? Like, <laughs> dude has written, like, 20 books with the guy all has the same name, first name. Totally disconnected, right? Like, well, and people write these big fucking, like, uh, Pepe Sylvia charts trying to, like, figure out which <laughs> ones are in, like, the same universe, the same city. And it's like, he's like, don't worry that much about it. I just <laughs> saw a beautiful woman one day and it inspired me to write, right? Like- <laughs> well, I, I've talked about being honest with yourself before, and I want to like emphasize it again. Be honest with yourself about what you want. When you're like, I want to write this story, uh, and you're creeping towards that like million word mark, be honest with yourself because you're not being honest with me. This isn't a story inside of you that you need to get out and you hope the people read. You want to go to Dragon Con and sit on a panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's that's like what your actual end goal is. Now, you first want of all, to hear the scuttles of Frank Miller in the in the walls <laughs> from on the stage. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. But I'm also going to demystify that a little, by the way, because you think you think that it's the other side of like a felt rope, right? Where like the elite cadre are and you sit around and you discuss like world building and whatnot. What actually like really happens is that like when it's over, you get shuffled over to the place where uh, security with fire hoses keeps the fans away so that the writers can drink in peace. Um, and then the writers drink and like you walk up and you're like, hey, person who i'm not going to actually name for legal reasons i really love your work i want to talk about and then he turns to you and he looks down at his watch he goes agent says i don't have to be here anymore and he walks off (laughs) 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 that's what that's what that's what your dream is actually building up to (laughs) yeah and having worked uh behind the scenes on some la conventions yeah like it's not like these people are cool people that you'll just like you've been initiated and like everyone just respects each other right like it's literally like if the the law says that if the guy with the paycheck doesn't show up in 15 minutes you're legally allowed (laughs) to go to like uh nobu or whatever right like (laughs) i no longer have to be around these people right yeah i mean or you get to hang out with chuck wendig so i mean You might Uh, even get to catch a glimpse of Frank Miller crawling out of a vent, right? Like, (laughs) I got uh, a handful more of these uh, Reddit ones, and they are the two of the same ones, right? Yeah, Uh, go go for it. The first one is, of course, George R.R. Martin says writers are gardeners or architects. I went full (laughs) engineer, and it completely changed the way that I write. Uh, And this is literally the dumbest thing I've ever seen, right? Like... (laughs) Uh, is this where an engineer over-engineered what plotting is? <laughs> yeah, uh, and like he planned his novel with two things in mind. Publishers plan a debut novel to be more, no more than around 100,000 words. Yep, that's a thing I keep fucking saying. And I yeah. want a cha- short chapter so readers would rarely need to stop midway through a chapter. Weird goal, but okay, right? Like, <laughs> uh, nobody like really really takes account like chapter length when like consuming a thing it's got just it helps for a variety of other reasons right? unless you're like, writing a study guide about it and then you care about the chapter length because you're like oh god i have to summarize yeah. this chapter if you're but, into like specific categories for instance like scholastic uh publications right mm-hmm. to be shown at a book fair there are very strict rules about like chapter length and chapter variability right but there's also la- uh, limits on like the number of different words you can use no shit so like uh, keep that shit in mind, right? But all this is like, oh my god, I've just invented scope, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Doug, you should figure out what you're doing before you do it in ways other than like King Richard the Lionhearted will return, saving the kingdom, right? Like, <laughs> you should think about word budgets, time budgets, and like, like Chad's theory about like Newtonian dynamics of writing, right? Like the amount of weight and beats you can get, right? And that's why I think people want these like one million word things because they don't want to budget these things, right? They want to do them all right like yeah and i was like working with like this very young kid writing into a novel and they got to the end and they're like i think i've got two big fights at the end and i think i should just end the the book after the first big fight because that feels like a better conclusion and that way i don't have to like worry about the second big fight being too big or the first big fight being like exhausting the reader all their patience right like and i won't have to kill like two characters because i feel like i need to kill a character every one time i have one of these big fights and i'm like you you've got it you understand right <laughs> <laughs> he is the chosen one right <laughs> I, I i have unfortunate news for that which is not at all their fault even though i've sat here and i've praised how like armageddon is an incredibly tight script uh i watched uh transformers uh 
Age of Extinction in theaters. And that was like eight years ago, and I'm still fatigued on fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot, yeah. So, yeah, perfect, right? Like, just figure out scope. And this, all this stuff about thinking about it like an engineer is talking about it with, like, a spreadsheet to track the little scope of each element. And it's like, okay, fine. All you, again, all you've done is figure out scope, right? Like, so, for instance, in the, the thing you're writing, you knew you had to do X by chapter five, right? Like, yeah. and so you get to chapter four and you're like, well, fuck, I guess I got to do X then, right? Like, <laughs> I'm all out of clock ticks for it, right? There's no more. Yeah. Uh, same thing, like, uh, MJ, when you're working on stuff, right? Like, you're like, okay, I'm low on word count, but I'm high in this one section. So I bet better go back and fill in, right? Like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you the greatest movie of somebody with no concept of pacing or scope like this. This movie is shocking in how you should look at it and go, huh, that producer just ran out of fucking money for film. Right? <laughs> it's called Kill Cruise and Elizabeth Hurley is in it. Hmm. And it's about these two women that hire a man to bring them out to an island on a boat. And the man is also incidentally like racked with guilt, possibly maybe over a guy he may have murdered, but it's never clear. Um, I think you mean Dash Kippa? <laughs> and so there's all this stupid shit that's going on throughout the the movie that is just not interesting. There's obligatory sexual tension. Uh, there's paranoia. Um, and then uh, it's determined that, like, the, the blonde, not Elizabeth Hurley, is going crazy. So the captain puts his foot down and is all, you better stop being crazy or I'm going to throw you off this boat. And then Elizabeth Hurley gets her to stop being crazy. And, like, you've the climax is this confrontation. And then there's still, like, five more minutes of movie. And then the captain, like, gets out of bed with Elizabeth Hurley and goes and scoops some dog shit up off of the boat and throws it off the boat. And then Elizabeth Hurley shoots him with a crossbow and then shoots the blonde with a crossbow and then the credits roll. <laughs> right? like, I am certain he had this entire other arc in mind until the, the accounting guy came up with a clipboard. Uh, well, kind of like the scene from Schindler's List going, uh, do you have any money like that I don't know about? No, why? <laughs> We can't shoot any more days. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, she kills him, smothers her, roll credits. Let's get the fuck out of here, boys. <laughs> Rent on the boat's out. We're done. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that's exactly it, right? Like, you just got to know how much you got, right? Like, and that includes how much you got in you, right? Like, I don't mean, like, your creative spirit. I mean, like, if you can only write those, like, 1,500 words a week, you're going to be working on this thing for two years, right? Like... So you yeah. better fucking make it worth it in that time, right? Like, yeah. Uh, especially because editing is going to be so slow for you if that's all you got in you. Mm -hmm. uh, but in a second exact version of this post, the George R. R. Martin thing, here's another one. To my fellow manic outliners who can't seem to actually start writing, I finally found a solution that isn't just right. Now, this one's an interesting story. This one's got backstory because uh, uh, the advice that she gives is not terrible but here's the deal if you go look at her account she never ended up writing a book she got oh like halfway into nano remo and was like this is shit i hate it i'm gonna go do something else and she did and that's totally fine but when you see this manifesto about i found stuff that worked uh like it didn't work for her to write a book 
right? Like, <laughs> it worked in a very abstract way, right? Like, well, I, it worked to get her further than all the other NaNoWriMo's, I tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, but, but like, if you don't cross the finish line, you didn't finish the marathon, right? Like, that's... No, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's part of, like, why you got to be a little leery when somebody's like, I've cracked the case that's been stumping people since the guy that Homer beat to the Iliad, okay? Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. Okay, how many books have you written? Well, I don't think that's important. Well, I think it's really important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, this is the example, right? Because we've given both ends of the polls here, right? We've given the one where it's, like, people quoting Murakami's, like, running schedule and, like, that, again, he's just running so he can see girls bounce in the, the bike lane next <laughs> to him, right? Like, that's his deal, right? <laughs> like, uh, and we've talked about people don't take advice from Gaiman, right? And you want people by your level, but you don't want people who are like, this works for me. And it's like, what do you mean works? And they're like, well, I mean, I got one chapter done, quote, so here's what I finally did that let me plan and draft my first chapter. Chapter 3,800 words in less than two hours. <laughs> wow, right? Like, and the fact that you got like four more of those, uh, that you stopped after your first chapter to go write a 2,000 word Reddit post about it, right? Like, oof, I, I'm so first, sorry. The first chapter, by the way, in my experience, kills me. I have like a couple of benchmarks that are like completely unique in how I experience them. The first chapter pisses me off, and uh, I want to do as uh, Walter Schoback does and beat it with an oar. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they just piss me off every time I'm done with them. And it doesn't matter how good it is. I'm like, you son of a bitch! <laughs> like I get up and I start walking around. And I come back and go, you're just the beginning. You're worthless. Right? <laughs> you're nothing to me. Right? Yeah, I put all this effort into you, and look at you. Look at you now. You're just a chapter. Right? Uh, <laughs> nothing's even fucking converging yet. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know. So and like it pisses me off, right? And then the next thing that that like causes me to sweat bullets is the ten thousand word mark because mm-hmm. you're like a third of the way to a novella, mm-hmm. and reasonably like a sixth of the way to a novel. And then you like start thinking about movies that you like and books that you like, and you're like, shit, where were they when they were like a quarter of the way or a sixth of the way through the fucking movie? Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, right? These these motherfuckers are still sitting in Las Vegas, right? And that that only worked for Nicolas Cage because the movie was about trying to leave Las Vegas, but mine is about what they do in Bakersfield. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think this is really interesting, actually, because this has been a similar experience to me writing summaries and analysis of books. It takes me a really long time to get at pace with them. Like when I first start off, the first couple chapters are really aggravating. Like, who is everybody? What's going on? Where are we? I'm so disoriented if I've not read it before. Like I'm not in it yet. But when I'm hit like the the last third of the book, I'm at pace. I'm super fast. I'm like getting to the end. And I'm feeling much, much better about like my experience of like, writing about the book as well as like reading the book. Yeah, and I think that's generally kind of true, right? Like that in your chapters, your early chapters, you're like figuring out what you're doing. And that like at, at Chad's like 10,000 word benchmark, you're figuring out like your pacing, right? You're figuring out like, what the fuck am I even holding here, right? Like, <laughs> it's like the, the the blind guys and the elephant, right? Like the, the truth of the elephant is that any blind person who walks up will be like, there's an elephant in the room with me, is there? And to which the <laughs> elephant will respond, and you're like, yeah, hey, okay, right? Like, but the fact is, you're you're making this thing, right? Like, and you don't exactly know what the the final cubic structure is, right? Like, yeah, uh, and and don't let like any 
lying piece of shit pantser tell you otherwise? The plotter plots it, but they have not accounted for every possibility that emerges. Right. Yeah. Like they, they don't know how much sand it's going to take to fucking do their construction project. Yeah. They run a home seen, depot a lot. Like the whole like pantser thing is like, oh, I get to be surprised by what my characters do. Chad's an exhaustive outliner, right? Like not as exhaustive as me, but that's just because I'm like grow up in finance land right? <laughs> <laughs> where like i was asked scope about things in kindergarten right like <laughs> i work in a world where man and fucking windbreakers come if you haven't plotted this shit yeah you're like all right so what's your plan over the next two weeks for this it's like i don't know kawa i like i like <laughs> i wink way on right <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, and like you just finished the chapter and you were like, no, it's the whole like pantser experience, right? Of having a character just kind of like burst out of you and like yeah. do shit, right? And you're like, yeah. he's free. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone go get him, right? Like we need to get him back here, <laughs> right? Like, And I'll, I will completely agree. Like, you, okay, so I kind of roll my eyes and people are like, does anyone else feel like these characters have lives of their own? And like part of the reason I feel that way is because that tends to be people that are like way too caught up in like the infantile quote magic of writing. And it's usually by people that don't finish their work because they're like, mm -hmm. so how did your character surprise me today? Uh, turns out he just didn't want to show up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, turned out I wanted to watch sex in the city instead. Yeah. Uh, instead of six feet under, how dare you? Uh, but yeah, Okay, I won't. I won't do this. Uh, <laughs> but, but you will have that moment, especially because, like, Cormac McCarthy once said that books are built on books, and that's true in a meta sense. And when you go in on the micro sense, words are built on words, right? And like, you have a plan to arrive somewhere, but then like, you start to type something else, and it doesn't feel right at the moment. So you start to type something else, and you veered dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like an exciting feeling. It's also an exciting feeling. And let me tell you, Panthers, you don't get this experience. I get this experience. Uh, one, that's completed a novel. <laughs> uh, two, it's 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 not even that a character surprises me. It's that I've been sitting here for weeks thinking about a character who's not going to show up to like chapter seven, chapter eight. And I'm like brushing my teeth going... I can't fucking wait till this asshole shows up. It's going to be so fucking cool, right? And then he does, and it's exactly what I pictured. And I'm like, oh, he was so goddamn cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> yeah, like the, the practice of writing is you'll have fucking like dreams about these characters and they'll do shit and you like get up and write notes about it, right? And you're like, fucking God, Jesus, right? <laughs> like, what was that? I, right? I have like, some, and this happens in poetry too, I think. Like, all the time. All the time, like working out, like like we said in the shower earlier in the middle of the night, I'll like get up and write on like my phone once in a while. This hasn't happened in a minute, but like the, there's a line that I'll find in my notes all of a sudden in my phone. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I got to do something with this, you know, like. <laughs> This happened like last year when I was like running, right? Like mm -hmm. I've got an idea for a D and D thing, and I was like, okay, how many, how far have I gone? Okay, uh, two miles and one quarter. If I stretched a little bit, I guess that's all today, right? Like <laughs> I run back inside and like write this shit down, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I don't mean like the idea of the thing. I mean the continuation of the thing, right? Like don't keep all of your special ideas, right? Like that when like. MJ has a nightmare about things. She's going to get it and it's going to be finished. And then she's going to send it to a publisher. Right. Like it's not. Yeah, well, like especially because like when you say idea, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. White man of privilege decides to do something about slavery in the civil war era. Well, what did you just <laughs> describe? You just described both fucking glory and the good Lord bird. 
right? <laughs> but these are radically different pieces of fucking uh, portrayals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so when you say you have an idea, it should be like a scene and like a set of characters that do a thing, right? Like that really strong image in a poem that you're going to like make into a conceit or play off of or something, you know, like an idea that you need to work through. What happens in poetry a lot of the time. Out of curiosity, is it when like you're sitting there twerking probably um, and then you go, son of a bitch, I found out what rhymes with orange and you got a dash to your your laptop? (laughs) Yeah. Because you were twerking to Eminem, obviously, and he's like, oranges, oranges, and you're like, ah, I understand now. (laughs) (laughs) And so the gates of wisdom have opened before me. Yeah. So all of these things. Awesome and dice ain't got shit on this. So yes, just wanted to point that out that these like manic outliners, like, and then you write and then you don't like your writing and you go back and revise, like you need to figure out a habit that lets you like finish a thing and let it be raw and let it have brackets work on this bullshit later. (laughs) Close bracket, right? Like, and (laughs) this is my favorite thing is that I'll show Sean my writing and he'll look and it's like purple prose bracket. I will figure out where the pros is going later. Oh, Close yeah. bracket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Yeah, like, but the thing is, like, that's a better way to do it than being like sitting there killing yourself trying to figure out the one right metaphor or whatever, right? Like, because it oftentimes the reason getting that one metaphor is hard is because there shouldn't be a fucking metaphor right there. You should just proceed <laughs> on. It's like say it was getting shitty, right? Like, yeah, easy. Yeah. Moving on with their lives. Yeah. Then you get like those fucking Facebook posts that are the motivational posters. It's like, remember William Shakespeare drew and erased his, uh, his signature all those times. And he should have been writing, shut up. Oh my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> That's because Francis Bacon wasn't sure what his nom de plume was yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a Stratfordian podcast. Okay. We're drawing that hard line right now. Oh yeah. Uh, so yes, I think we've covered just about everything in this glorious episode to the people part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been Sean. I've been Chad. And I've been MJ. We have a discord. Click on the link down in the thing. Uh, if you could, uh, like rate and, uh, leave a review on Apple podcast, Stitcher, iHeart, whatever you're listening to this on, uh, that would be amazing. And it would help other people find our podcast and let us keep doing this forever. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. And we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.